Mary and Martha in John chapter 11 lost their brother. And and when they lost their brother, uh, they both said the same thing to Jesus. If you had been here, my brother would, you know, not have passed. Kind of, you know, they responded to Jesus, and and Jesus responded to Martha one way, and talks about in the end, I am the resurrection and the life. And you have this amazing theological truth that comes out of Jesus's interaction with Martha through the process of her grief, and then with Mary, he weeps, and 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 he joins her in in her sorrow. And, and even though they said the very same thing to him, he responded very differently. Uh, finding the right avenue to engage is, is really key. So I, I have found a simple question, how can I pray for you, sometimes opens up a wealth of discussion. If I don't get to know their need, does that make sense? If I don't get to know what it is that they need, I won't be able to help them. And I won't be able to be there for them. You're listening to the Cairn 10 Podcast, where we bring our alumni back inside Cairn University in just 10 minutes. Well, if you've listened to the podcast at all recently, you know that we have been trying to bring to you some of the the expert resources that we have here in our faculty and staff. And so today we bring you actually an extended episode with one of these individuals who serves on the faculty here. Um, Today, we're going to link together these two podcasts. Recently, we've been doing these in two separate sections, but we're going to jam them together today to give you a full amount of content, commercial-free and uninterrupted, uh, in our process here, and we're we're really excited to bring you our guest today. Our guest is Dr. Jim Meyer, and he is a graduate of the university, 1984 undergrad. He's earned several degrees from Cairn University. He has his uh, educational doctorate in pastoral and community counseling. Um, He also is part of a three-generation span of alumni. Uh, He has relatives. Your parents went here? My father. Okay. Father and several of his uh, children have attended here as as well. So we love those three (laughs) (laughs) multi-generational groups. Jim teaches full-time at Cairn and pastors part-time at Pocono Evangelical Free Church in Tannersville, Pennsylvania. He also offers biblical counseling, discipleship, consulting, and coaching to pastors and missionaries through a ministry called Discipleship Counseling Resources. And Jim and his wife, Kathy, live near Martins Creek, Pennsylvania, and they have nine grandchildren. Ten coming. Ten coming. (laughs) Number ten's coming, yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) So it's great to have you here today with us, Jim. Thanks for joining us on the Thank podcast. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, very I, good to be here. I'm really excited about this, and, and we've been uh, talking about this a little bit and thinking about this for a while as well. And the subject of our podcast today, which I probably should get to announcing, and, mm-hmm. and that is a very serious issue and one that, um, uh, that I think that many, many, I mean, probably every single person is going to encounter situations related to grief, the grieving process, yes. as well as other people who are going through that mm-hmm. process. And so for the podcast, um, we have selected a, a person who knows this area well, um, mm. personally, as many do, but pr- probably particularly. Um, and I thought it'd just be great for us to start off today with a conversation about this. First, when we talk about grief, wh- what is it that we're talking about with that? Yeah, you know, there are so many different components in which we, you know, observe people experiencing 
uh, reaction to loss. So, and and it and it can be very diverse. So that you know, a person, um, uh, I lost my spouse after being married for twenty two and a half years, and uh, I went through a significant period of depression, um, and lost a lot of weight, uh, tremendous amount of weight. Uh, well somebody else might respond very, very differently to that same type of thing. Uh, four years ago, I lost my dad. We had a very deep, intimate relationship with each other, and we had started uh, the church together that, that I, I currently um, also pastor part-time. And, uh, you know, that loss had a very, very different impact upon me. And, and so uh, even, even individuals who uh, experience grief may experience very, very differently grief and the loss one way in regard to it, one circumstance, and then a different way in another circumstance. Mm. So, um, so it's, it's, it really requires us to be in tune to what is going on when somebody has experienced a loss. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people uh, look at grief more in the context of, of somebody passing away. Um, but uh, somebody who's going through a process of a divorce might be experiencing a lot of grief. And, mm. you know, just being very mindful of, I know we're going to discuss potentially miscarriages and, you know, th- those kind of losses right. that maybe people don't associate as necessarily grief. Many of the similar characteristics that come out of that loss are important for us as believers to care about mm-hmm. and to care about their need mm. and care about how to respond to them in their need. Mm. This has become a kind of specialty area for you, I think, right? Um, I, I teach this, and I yeah. also obviously am impacted deeply by it in my well, personal Well, and so that was kind of my question. Mm-hmm. Um, how has this come to be something? Was it the teaching first or because of the life experiences that you had that you as a counselor chose to focus on this, or how does this kind of come together for you? Well, I, I would I would start with I've been a pastor for 34 years, and in pastoral ministry, particularly for the first um, you know 10 years, I was full time in pastoral ministry. Uh, the amount of uh, grief I saw and the extensiveness of it uh, became very uh, crucial in my understanding of how to love people well, and uh, you know that 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 would be my goal when somebody is going through grief is how do I love that person well? Mm. And and so, um, yes, my personal experiences maybe have changed how I counsel people going through grief. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, I would go back all the way, you know, even beyond 34 years, but, you know, uh, being in ministry way back then, realizing that this is an important issue and whether it's at a funeral um, and you're ministering to the family, or whether it's um, bumping into them at church or at the grocery store or wherever it might be, just kind of knowing that God has called me to love them through their loss. Mm-hmm. That's good. And so maybe we'll eventually kind of circle back to some of the more sure. general kind of philosophical aspects. But we did talk about, I really wanted this to be practical. Yes. And that's kind of the genesis of even uh, this idea for this podcast. So we're going to move through uh, a couple of situations here, and, and we tried to select ones that we thought just would be, it's almost inevitable that someone is going to encounter a person mm-hmm. who is struggling and grieving due to one of these situations. You know, not everybody will experience 
um, you know, one of these situations of, of, of miscarriage, but we just thought that's, that'd be a really common example. And we talked about kind of three almost aspects, and we don't have to go in order, but, um, you know, really down to the basic nuts and bolts, you know, the, what do you say the first time you see a person who, who is experiencing grief from this particular thing? Um, what should you offer to do or not do or kind of say or not say? And then we want to kind of follow up with like, what's the, what's six months later? What, what do you mm-hmm. do? And so the first, first thing we talked about is a person who's had a miscarriage, which you know, is a very common thing. And so can you talk us through, you know, that first encounter, uh, knowing what to say, wanting to be supportive? How does a person, how should a person think through that? Yeah, since our discussion on this, I you know you can look at it at, uh, multiple different ways, Nate. And since we discussed this, you know one of the things that in my thinking about this that I wanted to first of all say is there is no right answer. Mm. There is no right uh, cliche. There is no right. I had a um, feeling you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> it always, it, it's complicated, right? And 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 yeah. there's a lot of do not do yeah. out there. You know uh, that that you're going to see a theme on that in a lot of contexts where people say. You know, this really impacted me negatively. But, you know, some of the do not do's that people did with me really opened up a door. Um, what, What I think is most important is to understand that to have any kind of real ministry and ability to love that person, you have to engage that person. And so we, we need to be very, very mindful of when somebody's experienced a miscarriage, they've experienced a significant loss, and, and they may grieve in a way where they don't want anyone to know. Somebody who's lost um, uh, a child through miscarriage early on in the pregnancy uh, may not want anyone to know. Um, and I have, as a pastor, counseled people through that process, but it didn't mean that the grief wasn't just as great or mm-hmm. as significant. Um, but, you know, as, as we find out about these things, the, the question is, you know, how do we respond? And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that we have to look at is, is that, you know, Jesus, and it wasn't related to miscarriage, it was related to the loss of a brother, but Mary and Martha in John chapter 11 lost their brother and and when they lost their brother, uh, they both said the same thing to Jesus. If you had been here, my brother would, right. you know, not have passed. Kind of, you know, they responded to Jesus, and and Jesus responded to Martha one way, and talks about in the end, I am the resurrection and the life. And you have this amazing theological truth that comes out of Jesus's interaction with Martha through the process of her grief, and then with Mary, he weeps, and and yeah. and and he joins her in in her sorrow. And, and even though they said the very same thing to him, he responded very differently. And I think particularly with, a, with somebody who's gone through a miscarriage, we need to really wrestle with, with what, what do they need? And that means engaging. And, and sometimes, um, you know, uh, finding the right avenue to engage in that context is, is really key. So, you know, if, if you've been a friend, continue to be a friend. Mm. You know, um, uh, you know, I, I have found a simple question, how can I pray for you, hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. opens up 
a wealth of discussion. Mm-hmm. But I never ask that question, Nate, without really caring about praying for that person. Right, right. So the intention has to be there, yes. and you have to prepare you have to your do heart. It. You have to pray. That's right. And then you have to, and then yes. you have to follow that up. And and so you know something as simple as a question like that. And and I will say this, and we'll later on maybe get into it. Okay. Watch out for questions too. Someone can feel interrogated. Oh, so okay. you know you know if you if you become you know a lot of times it's really kind of having a sympathetic ear that is important. Mm. Uh, But again, coming back to what I initially said, there's no right answer. Mm. Uh, Miscarriages are particularly difficult for different people in different ways. And so if I don't get to know their need, does that make sense? If I don't get to know what it is that they need, I won't be able to help them. And I won't be able to be there for them. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to press you a little bit here. Sure, Dr. absolutely. <laughs> so for the for the average Joe or Jane on the street, um, but you have a friend, you right. know, and 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 they've you, they've gone through this, and you're talking to them the first time. Do you start with kind of the traditional? I'm so sorry to hear about what has happened, or the you know I can't imagine what you're going through. And I know that almost yeah. sounds sort of so horrible of me to say, uh, like these cliches, but th- they're kind of openers to sort of acknowledge this mm-hmm. thing that has happened. So, is there a way to think about even that? How you you first begin engaging that person? Yeah, absolutely. That's very fair. And okay. one of the things that you know you want to look at is what is. And I've done a. A significant amount of reading on grief, and and yeah. I've done a lot of work with people who've gone through miscarriage. So, mm-hmm. uh, but what what you want to do is you want to understand that part of engaging is uh, involving sharing your sympathy and mm-hmm. sharing mm-hmm. your concern, and maybe even more than sympathy, the empathy that you have. Um, and so uh, the the theme of thought that not only I read out there, but you would see on a consistent basis is expressing from your heart that um, you're sorry to hear of their loss or you've, you, you feel, you know, something. Yeah. So there's yeah. this kind of emotional connection hmm. that can go just beyond even sympathy to kind of demonstrating some empathy there. Right. And I, I think that that's important. And, and how you do that is related to not only the person and what they're going through, but your personality too. Hmm. So you don't, you don't want to cliche it. You want to be you, but you yeah. want to express that uh, empathetic, sympathetic, you know, um, I'm really impacted by your loss. Right. And and I think that finding a way to do that is important. And some people yeah. do that through even, uh, you know, writing a, a note. Um, some people do that through seeing him in church and going over and just saying, you know, I've been thinking about you and praying for you. Um, I've been very impacted by your loss. Um, I know that a miscarriage can be very significant and you know, and then yeah. maybe asking, how can I pray right. for you? Yeah, you know? yeah, that's great. And I think what it, what I hear from what you're saying, this is really helpful, um, is it's less about the specific words and more about the attitude with which you come to that person. Absolutely. That you're, you're, if yeah. there is real sympathy th- there, that's mm-hmm. the key thing. Is there yeah. real sympathy? And then you're, you're expressing that. And kind of how you do that is less significant. It's more about the sympathy that you feel and being sure to express that. Yeah, and, then, and that often leads us to kind of that empathetic coming alongside. 
Right. And, and I think that that's ultimately mm-hmm. what uh, biblically how we would love somebody is we come alongside them, whatever that looks like, yeah. whatever the need might be. Now, does this, um, so we've talked about you know, someone in a miscarriage situation, which has its particular aspects. So if we shifted to, mm-hmm. if we could to, you know, somebody's lost somebody close to them. Right. And in this case, we're going to talk about, you know, you have known that person who, whom they have lost, mm-hmm. or perhaps the two of them, you know, if they were a couple together or what have you. Um, does that impact any of these aspects in terms of first contact, or even if you want to address, you know, the the later period, the six months later period for either of these situations, or or just for the one? Well, I, I think that you know, six months later and initial have different components that that need to be worked out, and you know, there's there's probably not enough time for us to get through all the details yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, and but but just being a good friend uh, means that you be there. And, and and sometimes even good friends like Job's friends who were there mm. don't always say the right things and yeah. don't always do the right things. So you need to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. But, but again, I'm going to reemphasize, you cannot be a friend and you cannot love if you aren't engaging. And so that becomes the, 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 the issue. I think of in the context of true religion in James where it talks about visiting the widow and the orphan. Mm. It, you know, I, and, and again, don't show up <laughs> at somebody after they right. just don't show up, you know, randomly. set that up yeah. randomly. Yeah. yeah. You, you need to, you need to be aware that that could be very traumatic for yeah. them for somebody yeah. to just show up on their doorstep. If they have but, no connection right. to that person. Correct. Or, yeah. But but there is there is a context in which a lot of people showed up properly after my wife passed away and just were were, were there. Even the president of the university at that mm-hmm. time, um, Dr. Bab, came and and really ministered to me and my family at that moment. And and uh, Dr. Black, who was the chair of our the counseling program, was there with a number of the faculty, and they they loved me well. Mm-hmm. So that was a appropriate time for them to just come, and they just you know came and were there, and they were friends, and I appreciated it. Um, uh, but the 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 point I'm trying to make is 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 that you know to visit means that you have to be in connection to see the need, mm-hmm. and and I think that's the intention of the scripture there mm-hmm. is is that you have to get involved, mm-hmm. and and if you don't get involved, you're not going to be able to come back to really loving and being community for that person mm-hmm. in the midst of their need. And again, Nate, that doesn't mean that one person will need you to respond the same way every time. I think that formulas can be very uh, dangerous in the context of friendship and grieving is that, okay, give me the formula and I'll go do that with my friend. Mm -hmm. No, your friend needs a friend. Hmm. Your friend needs you. And you need to wrestle with what is that going to look like uh, initial and then very importantly six months later. Hmm. Um, to me, uh, often with a very significant loss, uh, that that six months after um, is a period where uh, the grief can get very complicated and um, having good friends who you can talk about it. Uh, the way I talked about the loss of my dad or the loss of my mom or the loss of my wife uh, was very different initially than it was six months later. So you need to be aware that that, that at that point in time, I needed a different type of processing and a different type of ear to hear, um, you know, and, and I was experiencing the loss in a very, very different way. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's important to understand. And again, I'm taking the formula out of it right, and right. saying, 
uh, you can't accomplish genuine love unless you engage and are there and are available. Mm-hmm. And and that even is respecting somebody saying, I, I'm not, you know, right now is not a good time. Yeah. And I'm presuming in this, especially if you are approaching a person with whom you've had a, a friendship before or, mm-hmm. you know, connection relationship, that it's legitimate to say to that person, what do you need from me? Uh, I, I think that uh, my preference is, mm-hmm. is to give them what they need. Mm. So, okay. you know, I, if you ask me initially yeah. or six months later, mm-hmm. you know, what can I do for you? Um, I would have thanked you and appreciated the 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 kind of the you know you know the the offer, yeah. um, and so I'm not saying that would be bad, mm-hmm. but you know for me in my situation, and I would uh, you know I, I have my I'm currently remarried. My wife went through the loss; her husband mm-hmm. passed from brain cancer, and the loss over a period a significant period of time of the sorrow and the the difficulty. So we, we've dealt with a lot of grief in, in our life, and we have a blended family with, you know, stepkids and all the impact right. of that, and our 10th grandkid coming. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> and there are grandkids. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, but my point being is, is, is that it's it's really important in that context to realize that 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 a good friend knows what you need. And... Mm. And and then brings it. Um, now you know I'll give you an example of a friend who brought my favorite ice cream. Mm. You know it, it just was his I way see. of saying I know you. <laughs> right. I know you probably need to gain some weight too. Right. But okay. <laughs> I know I know I know you love this ice cream. Now yeah. you know for me taste wasn't was a problem, but that's a different issue. Mm-hmm. But my point is is that was a very that was a really legitimate way to 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 love me. So uh, I would encourage people who have friends to consider what might they need and then go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that doesn't mean that doesn't exclude asking mm-hmm. when appropriate. Yeah. Or perhaps forcing things upon them? Or are you saying force well, things upon well, them? Well I, I think then it, again it comes about to the context of engaging. Okay. So, you know, if if you're engaging and you're involved and you're seeing that there's a completely empty refrigerator, yes. then okay. why not, you know, bring some stuff for the refrigerator mm-hmm. over, mm-hmm. you know, why not just initiate, you know, some of some of what you would, you know, know that that person might need. Um, and I, I've, I've had people initiate those things and not see that there were other needs mm. and kind of really miss miss me. Um, my wife had the same experience being missed um, because people weren't engaging enough to realize, oh, wow, there's a much deeper need here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting involved in the person's yeah. life. Well, our time's just about at a close here, uh, but I did want to finish with something that um, – so we've talked about all these things, and and you know you've used the term friend and talked about engaging as a friend, which is mm-hmm. is really helpful and and is and as I think critical. Um, what about what's the place for, for instance, the sympathy card, where mm-hmm. you or you know yeah. you are are you know of a person and you don't know them well, so perhaps you attend a large church and it's been announced that a person lost a spouse or had some other kind of. Uh, issue and you don't know them well, but you you feel like you would like to show some encouragement to that person, and so you're writing a sympathy card. So you can't write, "I'll be by in a week" or right. something like that, because you won't. And as kind of we discussed, it it probably wouldn't be best. But um, is there a place for that? The demonstration of support for someone who's grieving, 
And um, and what should that look like? And and are these kind of traditional, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I always find it, it's hard to find cards anyway, right? They say yeah. these strange things sometimes. But if, if you can find something that you kind of feel comfortable with or you're just writing a letter, is there a place for that? Well, first of all, absolutely. And uh, because because of the age and the context of my wife's passing, I, I had hundreds and hundreds of cards. They filled up a, a full drawer. Mm. Um, and I read them all and appreciated them all. Um, what, what I did not, what I got very few of and don't recall getting any of is the six month later card. Um, mm. and, and just that I'm still remembering you. Uh, but, but I had a friend tell me um, uh, about six months after, um, I just want you to know I'm praying for you every day. And, and that had a huge impact upon me. Mm-hmm. So it, it's even even that uh, six months later or three months later, I'm still praying for you right. and, and thinking of you uh, can be very, very meaningful. But yes, I, I think that there is, you know, first of all, I think that there's a very meaningful place to, to write that card. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a way of saying um, I'm, I'm grieving with you in your loss. Mm. Um, what to put in there? Um, you know, I think that that's a that's a whole other question that um, uh, that maybe you wrestle with how to put a little bit of yourself in there, mm. and and so so that it's not just the trite, you know, uh, normal, uh, you know, sayings that you know everyone has that the card already has, right? Uh, but but just some thoughts, and and maybe maybe it is is that you have spent some time praying for that person, and you you articulate how you are praying for them. Yeah. Jim, thanks for taking the time to talk today. Absolutely. Can I can I give a couple resources? Absolutely. Go for um, it. Two resources that I would encourage people who are going through the grieving process to consider is Grief Share, and um, uh, Stephen's ministry also has uh, booklets and a lot of work there on on, on grieving. So there are many th- sources out there, mm-hmm. but uh, Grief Share really works through grief groups and uh, is is very effective for some people, and um, um, also uh, the Stephen's ministry. And you can go on griefshare.org or stevensministry.org and, and see that. And, and I encourage people to do that. Go, go find some good Christian resources. Um, maybe even send those booklets out. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're over a course of time, they're four different booklets you can send out to them. So that would be a, a great way to also help. That's great. Well, I hope uh, this time with Dr. Meyer has been beneficial for you. I know that I've learned a lot just from our conversations here. It's been really, really helpful. Uh, we've posted below the podcast some of the suggested resources, which Jim has mentioned, and uh, some of the, the links for those for you to check out to further your understanding of these issues. And I'd encourage you to do that if you want to learn more about this. While you're at the website, um, I'd also ask you to consider clicking the Give button and making a gift to the university to support our work, and specifically the Cairn Fund, which provides assistance to our students in their pursuit of a biblical education wonder professors like Jim, whom you've heard from here today. Thanks for listening.